for Puerto Ricans, like, if you ask them, do you think protesting works before the summer? They would have said no. Like, protesting is for, like, uh, young kids that don't work, that don't have anything to do, blah, blah, blah. But now, like, even these people can't say that protesting doesn't work. Young people are change makers. Visionaries. Courageous. Optimistic. Getting things done. Leaders. And activists. We all have a story to share. It's time to pass the mic. Join us, Nuera Nyota, Luke Sheely, and Sam Chan, on hashtag PassTheMicYouth, as young people involved with all aspects of activism share their story. Because our voices matter. In July 2019, Puerto Rico erupted into protest as citizens demanded the resignation of Governor Ricardo Rosell. It was fueled by corruption within the government, inaction after Hurricane Maria, and the debt crisis. The final straw was the discovery of 900 pages of homophobic and misogynistic text messages. The people of Puerto Rico decided enough was enough. They took to the streets, organizing protests and connecting mainly via social media, creating a mass turnout, the likes of which Puerto Rico had never seen. In an interview with Fox News, the governor was specifically asked why he didn't resign. And now a million people are on the streets saying, get out, why won't you? Well, uh, Shepard, thank you again for the opportunity. I, I've seen the protest. I've heard uh, the people talk. I've had a process of uh, introspection, and, and I did. I, I've made a decision. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to seek re-election. And that way I can focus on the job at hand. You know, I've had the governor the, barely acknowledged the thousands of protesters' demands. His statements only made people more insistent on his resignation. Aliana Bijio Alcoba was one of the young people leading the movement. We talked with her about her experience leading the protests and how Puerto Ricans were able to organize at an unprecedented scale. The protests that happened during the summer, they now call it summer 19, like verano del 19. Um, we were not surprised about the chat. It was just like a confirmation. So these protests, what ignited, and I think what made all of these people come out that had never protested in their lives, was the fact that we had 889 pages full of evidence and like direct quotes from these people. It was not like someone thinks or someone says, it's them saying um, all these things. So I think that that was like the perfect, um, the perfect thing to like start all of this. I mean, there was no coming back from that. Even the people that were like his fans and like followed him through his whole administration were like turning their backs on him because like, what, what could he do? Like say, I didn't say that, but your name's right there. <laughs> the protests last for over two weeks. A local paper reported that the largest protest, which completely blocked the highway, had upwards of 500,000 people. For context, Puerto Rico only has 3.2 million residents. It seemed like everyone on the island wanted Roseo to resign. And they were loud. During the protests, people chanted and trucks filled with speakers blared songs of local musicians. Protesters waved Puerto Rican flags and wore bright colors. It was an atmosphere of change.
evidently Puerto Ricans are very happy and we like to like party and dance and there was a lot of music and color and so some people were like um, saying oh my god Puerto Rican protest looks like a carnival like a party and yes in a in a way because we're very happy people but There was like a sense of sol solidarity I've never seen before. Like nobody wanted like to be the the lead man women of this uh, protest. There was no party. There was no organization uh, doing it. So I think people were like, "What do you need? Uh, do you need water? Okay, I'll I'll just bring water." I I met many people who simply came from far, like from an hour or two to the protest because most of them were held in San Juan. And people started like, okay, so you give me five dollars, you give me five dollars, and I'm gonna get um, a bus, and we're gonna get there. And then other people were like, who had have restaurants on the huge strike that was in El Expreso on the highway. Um, restaurants closed down and brought their food for free. So like all of this happened without anyone saying like, okay, like let's organize, let's do food, let's do this. Like, there was nobody doing that. We were all just doing that for everyone. So I think that that was so beautiful and so uh, key to the success that we had because we were conscious like that, that this was going to, to be key for our future. I remember like when we started going out, uh, a group of women and me to protest, we were just like 10 and I honestly thought it was gonna stay more or less in that number never hundreds <laughs> so when the protest like when people started arriving every day hundreds and hundreds of people i was like wow this is big this is like this has never happened before um and i honestly was surprised every single day when the outturn like when more people were coming like it was bigger every single day and people had more energy every single day for puerto ricans like If you ask them, do you think protesting works before the summer? They would have said no. Like, protesting is for, like, uh, young kids that don't work, that don't have anything to do, blah, blah, blah. But now, like, even these people can't say that protesting doesn't work. So I think that changed the, even our culture, I think. Aliana has an activism page called Consentimiento. She started it before the protests and uses it to discuss political issues within Puerto Rico. What we're trying like to do is to keep people informed. Like um, through my page during the protest this summer, I was like sending all of the all of the all of the uh, convocatorias. I don't know how to say that in English, but basically, here's the place that we're gonna meet. And I was like doing that through my page. And when Ricardo Rosello resigned. Um, everyone was like, okay, can we go back to normal now? Like, do, do the protests end? Like, we want stability, blah, blah, blah. So right now we're just like trying to educate um, from those pages, from uh, various groups to just like say to people like, we don't, we're never gonna stop protesting. Like, there's never gonna be a time where our country is gonna be perfect. And that happens like all over the world. Like, we're no exception. And we should like keep on that culture of, of like, Uh, holding accountable our leaders and, and like being uh, informed of what's happening in politics and everything. Beyond her own page, Aliana believes that social media made the protests possible. I think that social media was like everything. <laughs> I mean, we were there and it was very important, but 
Ricardo Rosselló was in La Fortaleza, hiding. And maybe he could not see because he didn't want to see, but he couldn't avoid social media. He couldn't avoid all of the news that was coming out. He couldn't avoid, we made a hashtag trending, Ricky Renuncia, and we had it trending for the whole time we were protesting. And like, you cannot hide from that. And he was like tweeting at the same time. So we were like, okay, you're gonna be here on Twitter and not like, like talk to us. Okay, so we're gonna go to Twitter to protest. And also so social media was like key in connecting people to organize and do the stuff that I mentioned about like, for example, coordinating a bus to come to San Juan or like coordinating food um, and all of that. I remember, you know, San Juan is like, uh, we were colonized twice, first by the Spaniards. So San Juan is like a, a very uh, Spaniardish colonial time uh, city. So La Fortaleza has like multiple entrances and little streets and whatever. So social media was also like good for our safety because we were like, okay, there's like policemen here, like tear gassing, like you should get out of here and then move to the other side. So all of that was Uh, so important for the success of this protest and many many other activities uh, came about just like not from like traditional protesting there were we, we also there, there was an article like going around how Puerto Ricans protest has been insane like we we protested in many different ways there was like a uh, one time that they read the constitution Uh, to the police, uh, to policemen, because they were like saying, okay, at 11 o'clock, everyone needs to sleep because the constitution is no longer in effect. And we were like, what are you saying? So a group of people organized um, like a, a constitutional read, like a bedtime story to the constitution. And they were like reading the constitution to the policemen. So that happened on social media because everyone said like, let's do this and it spread and everyone came and it was a, a successful event. So I just think that social media was definitely key. Hoy les anuncio que estaré renunciando al puesto del gobernador. As a result of all the protests, not only was Ricardo Oseo not running for re-election, he also resigned as governor. This was a huge win for the people of Puerto Rico. Aliana, what advice would you give to young people who want to get involved with activism? I think that we, as young people, need to learn that this is not a choice that we have. I think that in the whole world right now, key things are happening. And if we don't act now, the future that we have will be because of our inaction. <laughs> so I feel like this protest specifically was in Puerto Rico was very led by young people. And everyone was like, oh my God, why are young people so interested in this? Like, usually it's like old people talking politics. And I think it's because we don't have a choice because like other generations um, like messed up our economy, messed up our government, voted for the wrong uh, politicians. And now we have to suffer the, the effects of this. So, and most Puerto Ricans, like young Puerto Ricans, they want to stay here in the island. They want a better... Puerto Rico for their future, for their children. So we're like, you know what? We're not gonna let you ruin this for us. We want to stay here. We want to like do better. We want to work here. And I think that's why young people were so like encouraged and 
and needed this. Like we we wanted to to do this because we knew that if we let this go by, the future that we will have will be totally like because we didn't do anything to prevent it. So I think that every single country right now can identify a key thing that they need or want to change if they want a better future, if they want like something different. And I think that we need to like stop downplaying ourselves because we're we're young, but we're not we're very smart and we are very aware and we are very conscious. We have social media, we have the internet, we have access to so much information that that people didn't have before. So we need to like use that in a way that it's that empowers yourself to like create real change. And I think that that's basically it. We shouldn't like be um, discouraged to to like do these things just because we're young and people are gonna say that we don't know what we're, what we're talking about and that it's just like a, a young kid tantrum. It is not, it is it is our future and we have the right to fight for, for a better future, so. What are some ways that adults can support young activists? Well, I think the first thing is um, obviously economically would be ideal because like we need to like be in meetings. I, I work and study and do this, so it's, it's, it's a lot. But yeah, like if you could help like economically, like, hey, um, maybe I could help you with, I don't know, what, what do you need? Do you need, my mom, for example, helped me with the food that I needed to like go to the protest and, and give other people food um, with gasoline to get to places, <laughs> um, stuff like that. And if not, like another thing that it's key like to help young people do this is just like encourage them and let them know that they're doing a good job and that you support them and that when they're having a bad day or, or like they feel discouraged like to come talk to you um just like be that support because i feel like especially like social media is great but it can also work as a, a terrible um discouragement tool like people saying that that you're you're crazy or that that's not gonna work or like saying totally mean things to you so i think that someone who's an activist a young activist or someone who's like just like trying to make social change needs to have a good support system because our mental health is very important it's 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 the most important thing basically because we do a lot of things that take a toll on us and are like really hard to to manage so just like adults should maybe like give young people like spaces to talk and to reflect on what is going on how do you feel like how can i support you if not economically like emotionally incredible getting to sit down and speak with Aliana. One thing that really stuck out to me when she was speaking was her talking about how with young people we are still going to be a part of this community as we get older and that's why we were working so hard to improve it and make sure that civil rights are protected for all. This is a community that we all are a part of and it affects us as much as we affect it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I find really interesting about when people talk about activism is sort of what you're saying is, is who they do it for. Um, your community is, is one big part of it, too, but she also mentioned that they're doing it for the community after them. Um, and I feel like that's something we really don't hear a lot of young people saying as much as older generations. They're saying that they are doing it for the young people, but the activism that 
we are doing right now will affect young people in the future and the people who come after us. That's a really good point. And Aliana mentioned this when she was speaking as well, but she was talking about how the um, protesters now are sort of uh, responding to decisions that were made before them, decisions made by the earlier generations. And so if we are, you know, not content and not happy with those, we get out and protest. But we should also keep in mind that we need to be building and making decisions for the future of our children and for the future of the people that come after us. And part of that is policy. So you need to, you know, voting for people who probably will be there, you know, when your kids are coming up um, and voting for policies that you support and you think will be um, the best for you and for future generations the way that you wish that um, the people before you did. I agree. It's really cool to see that, especially in America, we've seen so many young politicians and young people getting involved in politics. We have members of the U.S. House as young as 29 years old, which is incredible. Young people need to have a voice in government. You need to be have a seat at the table or you're on the table, literally. So it is really important for us to go out and vote, do our civic duty, as you were saying, Nuera, but also like get involved in government if that's something you're passionate about, interested in. If there are issues that impact you and affect you, why are you not getting involved in government? Hashtag lower the voting age. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's a different conversation, I guess, though. But bringing it back to the protests and sort of how young people have this challenge of trying to fix the issues of previous generations while also, like you mentioned before, building up... um, everything in our systems of government and our communities for generations after us, one of the big things that we are seeing in a lot of different spheres are these um, like sort of non-transparent behind the scene group chats and like messages between politicians that are really saying some awful things and then they're brought to light and people are angry about it, which I mean, obviously makes sense. But I wonder if the people would have been as upset with the, governor and with the current the administration in Puerto Rico if they hadn't had the chats released there'd been a lot of corruption leading up to that moment that really seemed to be the turning point I think that what a lot of the people in Puerto Rico were feeling was sort of a frustration with their inability to you know hold their leaders accountable for things that they were doing that they didn't know about and so it's easy to feel um, disenfranchised or like like you don't have enough power to to do anything. Like it can feel like the situation is hopeless. Like I there's really no way for me to know what's going on, so there's nothing that I can do. And um, I think that ultimately is what sort of boiled over into the into the um, protest that we saw. That was. I mean, just huge, like like nothing we've honestly ever seen before. Um, and if you're passionate about something going on in the government, reach out and share your thoughts. Elected officials represent us, the people. Write letters, call their offices, or schedule a meeting with them. Your voice matters. Voting is important, but it's just as important to ensure your voice is heard and to keep elected officials accountable. And I think social media does play a huge role in that, in being able to make your voice heard. As Aliano was saying, um, the hashtag Ricky Renuncia was trending for the whole, like, for so long. 
as more and more and more people felt empowered to share, you know, their thoughts on the situation. And um, it only like, you know, as it only empowered more people to see each other speaking up. And so um, social media can be a great support and it helps to sort of stoke the fire of the protest. One of the things that I found really interesting about the entire situation about the protests is how decentralized it all seemed to be and the lack of organization. I think social media seemed to play a really big role in that too in allowing people to communicate with each other and plan smaller protests and smaller sorts of rallies and organize to get to the bigger rally. Um, From talking with all sorts of activists, it really seems like social media has been this just massive tool that young people and older people can both utilize together to communicate and to plan things and get together and organize in ways that were never possible before, especially in this way that Aliana mentioned, where there really seemed to be no major political party behind it or one leader behind it. She was certainly one of the main leaders of the protest, but she didn't really like say, hey guys, we're going to meet at this time and place. It all happened, as she mentioned, very organically. Yeah, and I think social media is just one of the many tools that we can use in order to sustain and lead a movement. One thing that Aliana mentioned was that people gave different things, whatever they had to support the movement, whether that was bringing in food that they had cooked or helping get people transported on the buses to arrive to the protest, or even just moral and emotional support. Even checking in, bringing a water bottle, all these things are so important in leading a movement. And I think I'm really glad she brought it up because these are things that we don't talk about enough. There are so many parts to social movements and recognizing that it's not just going out and protesting is a huge part of realizing how we make change and how the whole community can work to get involved. Thank you so much to Aliana for talking to us. Be sure to check her out on social media. Her page is called Consentimiento, and that is at con.sentimientopr on Instagram. While you're at it, make sure to follow us on social media. All of our usernames, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, is at PassTheMikeYouth. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hashtag PassTheMikeYouth. You are interested in learning more about youth activism in general or just checking out some cool interviews and content. Check out our website and our blog, PassTheMikeYouth.com. And we'd love to hear your voice in the blog, too. We have submissions open for anybody who's interested in writing about activism and their experience. Hashtag Youth is a product of NC State Extension, but does not necessarily reflect its views.